You're listening to K is for Kinky, and today is part two of Take Me to Your Leader. Yep, part two. <laughs> do you want to do the little alien sound for that? No. I really want to hear it. I don't it. want to repeat all of my apparently consistent humor that I please. tend to do. Oh, please do the alien sound. Beg. Please. <laughs> please do the alien sound. I really want to hear it. We all do. Please. It's so cute. Come on. Meet, 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 meet. I changed it. (laughs) Take me to your leader with the meat morph aliens. Hello, and welcome to the K's for Kinky podcast. This podcast discusses adult topics, so if you are offended by adult topics or are under the age of 18, please stop listening now. Also, while Miss Jen is a therapist, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are not to be taken as personal therapy for you. She is not your therapist. And if she is your therapist, just remember that what she says only technically counts in your private sessions. Welcome to part two of our leader. Dos. (sighs) Welcome to part two. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Of our leadership (laughs) discussion. You know, this has been a heavy topic, so I'm bringing some lightness and laughter. Some levity, if you will. Yes, that word. Um, so... (laughs) If you haven't checked it out already, we did a part one on leadership, kind of breaking it down in terms of tiers, starting at the lowest tier with the least responsibility, which is just coming into the scene for the first time, Um, and then moving up those tiers, escalating into levels of responsibility and potentially levels of leadership. Um, And those tiers are pretty rad. I want to kind of go through them really fast. It starts at entrance level newbie. It moves up into a consumer of the scene. It then moves into community member. From community member, um, I believe it goes into volunteers. And there's two types of volunteers. There's kind of like generic helping the event flow volunteer. And then there are volunteers who are in positions of like spotlight or power because they're, for instance, like volunteer topping or they are, you know, working the door or something like that. So they're face to face with a lot of people and really having a, a bit of bit of power there. Um, And then up from that goes into um, people who create houses, packs, families, and um, who enter into mentorship. And then above that, we get into teachers. We get into people who are are coordinating parties and who are hosts, um, including people who host munches. And above that, we get into the kind of final tier that we wanted to discuss, which is people who actually own dungeons, own venues, or who are celebrities. I want to say when we say the word own, just put in there the word run, because we understand too that there are venue owners, but many of the venue runners don't actually own the venue, they but they run, run the venue. Run so the venue. Yeah. if we say venue owner, venue runner, just they're this, we're using those interchangeably. Yeah. And we kind of like went all the way up. So that's kind of the, the tiers that we went through and the level of responsibility, power, and some of the pitfalls um, and some of the issues with people who have that type of power in the scene. But now today we're going to be talking about, um, we really want to get into this and get kind of under the, into the organs really of what it's like to not only be a leader, but um, how to tell if your leaders aren't leaders at all. How to tell when people are pulling the wool over your eyes. And this can happen at any of the rungs, believe it or not. Um, You know, there's not a lot, I feel, of conversation about when community members themselves behave poorly towards their leaders. 
There's a lot of conversation, as there should be, to be quite honest, about leaders who don't perform well or leaders who aren't leaders who are just abusing power. Like, that's fantastic that we talk about that. It needs to be discussed. And we should be holding our leaders accountable and we should be expecting the best. Even if shoulds aren't always met and ideals aren't always met, it doesn't mean we shouldn't hope for them or strive for them. But on the flip side, sometimes it can feel like you're climbing up a hill and there are people in the community who are actively making it difficult to do your best or who are actively being problematic or, you know, causing chaos basically because they're being irresponsible. They're not taking care of themselves or they're, um, you know, this, this, what I'm saying is there is a level of responsibility for community members to behave well. Well, and I think the big reason that we wanted to do this podcast, this episode is, to kind of show people like, Hey, these are things you may not think about. Like, you know, these are issues that your leader or host or whoever may be dealing with and that they're real humans. And we, we want to put this out there because I don't think it's out there enough so that community members can have just a little bit of a better understanding for where the leaders are coming from. I want to put into your mind from the beginning of this conversation that nobody is entitled to a leader's time and energy. Nobody. It doesn't mean that a leader ideally wouldn't offer that time or that they won't give you that time, but it means that you're not entitled. It's okay to want your leaders to be at a higher standard and it's okay to discuss with leaders, hey, I wish you had done it this way and I feel like it should have been this way and it wasn't. Can we talk about that? But remember that your leaders don't work for you in terms of money and contractual obligation. They work for you voluntarily. Even the best leaders sometimes are not going to have the resources they need to give you the things that you want, even if the leader is trying. And that's something that I think doesn't really get talked about. Because we do tend to approach leaders, people in power, from a place of, you owe me. While it's true that leaders should be accountable to the people who they are leading, um, don't confuse this for, you know, a contractual obligation. Don't confuse this and think that your leaders are in any way being compensated for the things that they do. It is a gift. And hopefully it's one that leaders give willingly and they do the best they can do to give as much of themselves as they can. Hopefully, ideally. Let's move on. Let's go ahead and, and get into this I think that's where the difference is. It's, it's about is the leader doing everything that they can to deal with situations with integrity and in good faith and in a way that they deem as fair as possible given all the information or is a leader not investing that time do they not care as much do they not want to deal with these situations that come up I mean these are all things that you can kind of you know, take a look at, you know, is, is the leader somebody who is going to be reacting or responding, right? And I think that's a, a big key there, you know, is, is this person able to stop, listen, collect information, think on things, research if they need to, do whatever it takes, including sometimes really struggling, to come to a resolution or is this person taking the easy route 
because they don't want to give that time and energy. Well, and that's the difference between a host and a leader. And this is the thing. Like we can talk. I, I really like this. There or, was a, or a good leader and a better leader. Well, and yeah. <laughs> Not so so good there, was, there was a community <laughs> post on the Silk Hell Kink Discord asking what's the difference between a host and a leader. It was a really fascinating question and there were some really beautiful answers and Miss Jen got a shout out a couple times and it was really touching to be honest because we've kind of been through the ringer recently. I got emotional reading them. She did. We, we've we been through the ringer recently because we've had to handle some pretty tough situations that have occurred where we couldn't make everybody happy and quite frankly where we were treated pretty poorly by some community members um, and that can be really, that could be a heavy blow. I mean honestly Miss Jen's been experiencing a lot of burnout even though it's certainly not thankless, we have so many people in our lives who are so supportive, so kind, so loving, and who totally see, at least from their vantage point, some of the work that, it, that we do. Um, there are always people who don't appreciate it, who don't understand it, who don't get nuance, or who come from a place of entitlement. Um, and it can be pretty exhausting. But there is a difference between a host and a leader. There's hosts who want nothing to do with leadership. They're just trying to throw a party. And honestly kudos to you i totally understand that thought and in fact many leaders start out that way and they just end up having leadership thrust upon them um but there's it's understandable if you just want to do a party and you don't want to have to engage in leadership it's also not realistic you're gonna have to lead eventually but we understand the desire to pull back there's that there are poor leaders there are excellent leaders and then there are predators my favorite of the four categories to talk about because they hide in plain sight they're almost indistinguishable from real leaders, and they can be incredibly dangerous. And they exist on all levels of the rungs. Well, yeah. Predators are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I was thinking about a connection. You know the new, the, I guess, I think it's a new term, um, quiet quitting. Yeah, but it's not right? new, but yeah. Oh, it's not it's new. It's called working by rule. Well, but like, so this whole quiet quitting where it's like, you know, you're only doing the actual requirements of your job and nothing more right and I think that like when you said you know lazy leaders I really think that's more what it is it's not that somebody's lazy but they're going yeah you know what I'm doing exactly what I said I would do and no more so you come to me with stuff I'm gonna shut it down or I'm gonna take an easy way out because I'm not going to extend any more energy because I'm not getting paid for that part, right? I, or I'm not getting something so back. I actually see this as a host. I don't see this as a lazy leader. To me, I qualify what you just said as a host. Yeah. And you know what? Hosts, please quiet quit. In fact, it's called working by rule because it means that you only work within your contractual obligation. And that that type of boundary setting is so sexually arousing to me. It's oh, crazy. See, I'm not with you on this. No, here's the thing. I think it's sexually <laughs> arousing and sexy and hot. I keep saying the word sexy. I really like it when people do not do beyond what they are paid to do in terms of working with businesses and just going out into the world. Because you know what? The world is filled with businesses that exploit the working person. But here is where I'm going to come in and put a caveat on this when it comes to hosts. Hosts who work by rule or who want to do quiet quitting, I understand your thought process. I understand your self-preservation. I respect that you want to preserve yourself. My answer to you is this. Unfortunately, you can't take on the responsibilities of a host and also avoid having to do some form of leadership sometimes. And even though I applaud you for trying to put up boundaries and I understand where those come from, to some degree, you need to have a level of leadership and involvement. And for you to refuse it means that you're not able to actually do the full job that you're required to do to be a healthy and safe host. So 
I still want to differentiate hosts from leaders because there can be, I think there can be a medium. I think you can be a host who engages in leadership up to a point, but who escalates serious situations up the ladder when they go beyond what you're able to do. I think that's a fair way of handling it as long as you don't say you're a leader. And that's the thing. If you want to go the host route where you don't want to be a leader, do not say you are. Do not present yourself as such. Clearly say, this is my process. Here is what I will do to help you if you give me a report, and I will point you in the direction of where to go next. Say that, and don't pretend to be anything more, and I can respect you, personally. Well, honestly, you might respect them, but I would warn that given that uh, mode, eventually, it's going to bite you. Oh, yeah. Eventually, it's going to become your reputation as somebody who is hosting who is not willing to help somebody who has a complaint or a violation report. You might be able to get away with that for a while, um, but eventually that will become a count against you in terms of reputation as a host. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. So it's really hard to actually truly exist for a long time on this in this four-option thing as only a host. Um I do love that they're trying to live the dream. I do. And that is the dream. The dream would be that you could sign up just to host an event and not do anything more. But we don't have the structure in place, like the infrastructure in the scene to support somebody only doing their job. Because unfortunately, if you're a host, sometimes the buck does stop with you, you know, and that's kind of the nature of the scene. That's a little bit scary. It's kind of, it's, it's inspiring if you want to be a leader, because if you want to be a leader and you want to do a good job, there's a lot of opportunities for you to do, to do that, you know, and it, you don't have to go very far beyond putting in time and effort and energy over the course of a couple of years to be a leader if you really want it. Um, but on the other side of that coin, you don't really have to go very far to accidentally become a leader. You can end up like that on accident. Um, and there's not a lot of cushion in place for you in terms of hierarchy above you if things go wrong. And it's also very, very easy for predators to skate right up through the ranks because of this exact situation. Um, so, yeah, if you are a host and you want to stay that way, I would strongly advise that you come up with a clear and overtly stated uh, protocol that you follow and that you know who to go to when things get out of hand. And that you are aware that, yeah, 100%, no matter what you do or how kind you are, you will garner a reputation eventually as somebody who isn't there when the cards are down. Or, you know, be, be really honest about it, but have a conflict representative that yeah. anytime somebody comes to you, if you really do not want to deal with it, you go, okay, I have an assigned conflict uh, representative and I am going to send you to this person and it is now off my shoulders. It is no longer on my plate. Um, if you really don't want to have to deal with anything, you still just have to deal with having somebody else to deal with it and hoping that they are uh, capable enough to handle all those things. Um, and hope that it doesn't circle back around, essentially. Ultimately, you cannot have power and not use that power to help people without it looking bad on you. So let's move away from the host, though. The humble host who, in our minds, is trying to quiet quit in terms of just doing the job they signed up for, right? Let's acknowledge the fact we that... We have compassion for you. Yes, we do. <laughs> and a little bit of us, like, if you can make that balance work, 
we envy please you. Please write to us. I mean, tell us how you did it. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. And I, what and what uh, entity you gave some sacrifice to. Well, the thing is, though, <laughs> even though we're joking, we're saying that we would do that ourselves. I actually wouldn't do that myself because I like to be a leader. And I, I feel that I have volunteered very knowingly for a lot of what I've become in terms of leadership. I kind of came into it by accident. Because I am associated with you, so what else am I going to do? But um, Sorry. it's okay. Even though sometimes I say that it's accidental or I joke that I didn't sign up for this, I would actually argue that in You're the, one of the few that did. Yeah. I'm <laughs> In the world of leaders, I was able to watch up close behind the scenes what goes into leadership. And I understood a little bit about of what I was getting into when I started the S word. And I, I now, as we're building the HPR project, do kind of grasp what this means and the gravity of it. I'm not coming in blind. Um, you may have come in blind, but you also I are just ex- wanted to give back. Yeah, but you're also you're also an excellent leader. And you know, I think it's not true to say that you would do the only host route. I mean, sometimes it's true for well, you. No, clearly I wouldn't. I keep stepping into new projects. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I think Miss Jen is like a compulsive leader. I'm my own worst enemy. <laughs> Even if she tried to work by rote, she wouldn't actually succeed because her heart leads her into leadership. Well, and I'm a therapist, right? And I'm not saying I'm a therapist to anybody outside of my clients, but I am that I want to help people. I want to help mediate things. And, and that's probably why Unfortunately for our schedule, time, and energy, I probably, you know, in some circumstances go beyond where even most leaders would go just because of my background. And I'm not saying that to be like, I'm awesome, but I probably need to learn to pull back a little bit too. Yeah. Well, so let's talk about this though. So inevitably, usually when somebody is hosting or um, in a position where they can jettison that into true leadership, um, you end up with a couple of types of leaders. You end up with a poor leader and you end up with a strong leader. And I want to talk about the differences between the two. Um, So a poor leader is somebody who takes their leadership for granted, does not understand the gravity and the weight of what it is they can do with their influence. A poor leader um, shuts down conflict by immediately banning without question, somebody about whom a report was made. A poor leader doesn't listen to criticism about themselves. Um, Having some sense of emotional intelligence and interpersonal mediation ability is really important. Yeah, but not every leader has that. Because remember, sometimes people come into leadership on accident or they make themselves look like a leader because they want power. That's what I'm saying is the the ones that don't like that's why they're not great because they don't yeah. have those. Things. So typically if you're looking at a poor leader, I tend to believe that they're one of two people. They're either somebody who is ignorant and not quite prepared, like they're not ready. Um and they could even be well-intentioned somebody in this category, but they just don't have the tools yet and they don't know where to get those tools and they're learning as they go, right? They might become a good leader over time. Um or they might not ever be a, a true leader because they didn't want to be. They might be a host who got thrust into leadership and didn't want to do it and they're like, "How did I get here? I was just hosting a munch and Now I'm trying to decide if this guy did this thing to this person and I don't know. And, you know, that could happen to somebody and it has happened to somebody. I guarantee it. Um, But the other type of poor leader is just somebody who's kind of abusive and controlling. And honestly, like I tend to think of this type of leader as a stereotypical like douchebag dom role where like I'm not saying all poor leaders are 
douchebags and D-types. But I'm saying that, like, that kind of attitude of, like, I'm so great, I know everything, this is all about me, and I'm going to do it my way, and my word is law. Like, that type of attitude is really yucky to me in a leader. Um, Look at how your leaders treat people they don't like. That sounds kind of crazy because you might be thinking, well, they probably don't treat them very well because they don't like them. False. A good leader (laughs) treats everybody as best they can with respect, even if they loathe that person. They're going to do everything they can to do their job and to be kind as possible. Even if you hate somebody, you're not going to treat them like less than a human because it's not right to do that. That is a total zero integrity move to treat people you don't like like garbage. We're talking about personal issues. Yeah. Yeah. Watch how your leaders treat people they don't like. Does your leader that you think you respect suddenly launch into a raving maniac when they come across somebody that they hate or that they feel they have a right to be angry at? Does your leader have a horrible, terrifying temper that you never want to be on the wrong end of? Because to me, even if your leader seems like they're on your side and they seem like a good person, but they lash out and are ruthless towards people they don't like, that's a dangerous person. That is an abusive person who picks and chooses their victims, and you may or may not happen to agree with the victims they've targeted on a given day, but it's dangerous when somebody's like that because they might turn that abuse onto you. It's not a safe person or a strong leader who leads by fear by inspiring fear or by bullying. And I really want to call that out because I've seen that type of behavior and I really detest it. I don't, I don't like bullies. Um, and I don't think that even a bully who champions for the side you think is the good side, it doesn't make them not a bully. It just means that at, at that given moment, they're bullying somebody that you also don't like. But it doesn't make it right to bully somebody. Um, so There's a sense of, I mean, I, I want to just say like the word professionalism, yes. right? Like it's, I... I don't not like many people like the list. I have a very short list of people that I personally do not prefer. Let's just put it that way. You still Um, spit on them if they were on fire, (laughs) but Um, no, no, no. I mean, but I can't, I can't think of anyone, including each person on that list that I couldn't, either be in the same room with and stay composed or stay just cordial or remove myself if I needed to, to take a break or whatever. Right. But there's a sense of professionalism there to be able to, again, I kind of go back to when I was talking about, I can't remember if it was the, the first part of this or in this section, but this idea of shit, fucking lost the thought oh damn it oh, i hate it when i do that okay there was something i was gonna say professionalism and you have to be able to keep your shit together if you're <laughs> yes. a leader you can't keep your shit together <laughs> yeah well you said oh That's shit true. i thought you were like keep your shit together but like no. it's you know you do have oh, to be able to man. be cordial and the thing is Story like brain it's disrespectful unprofessional and childish to attack people on social media on the web on your podcast, just in the really, middle of an event, just really publicly. not good behavior. And there's no reason that a true leader who you should respect and trust would behave that way because there's no call for it. And by the way, I just want to say we're not talking about somebody who is like a proven, you know, 
consent violator, predator person and not speaking out and protecting others, we're talking about people that if you just don't like them, we're talking about interpersonal issues, personality conflicts, whatever it might be. Um, We're not saying like protect the predators. No, that's not what we're saying. Mm -mm. We're saying that there is a sense or level of professionalism that comes with being a leader that is important to remember. And the piece to look for is does this person have the ability to do that or not? Do they fly off the handle? Do they call out people in the middle of events when nothing's even happening? Basically, does their integrity change based on their mood? Yeah. And and the thing is, is that as you watch other people's behavior, and this is something that I do pretty much across the board, what other people do, even in regards to others, I assume that they would do the same to me. So if somebody, you know, gets a a hair up their butt about something that somebody else did and suddenly they're, you know, calling 10 people to talk about them and, and trash them and they're putting stuff up online or whatever, I know that there's a good chance if I were to do something that pissed them off, they'd be doing the exact same behavior to me. So I really watch how people lead their life, at least as far as I can see, because that tells me a lot. Right. Um, And, and the same thing, you know, goes for leaders, you know, what are they doing? Even if it's not, even if it doesn't line up with you, right. Even if a leader makes a decision, but you see their process, you, you know, that they took their time that they put in their energy, that they stressed out over this decision because maybe it was a difficult one and they came to a, a, an end point, a resolution that you don't agree with, can you respect their process? Because that to me is almost more important than the conclusion because if they have taken that much time and energy and heart, like really caring about this situation that to me means that, okay, maybe you don't agree with the, the end result. Maybe you also don't know all the pieces. But the fact that they have that much process and, and care tells you a lot about that person as a leader. If you are hoping, oh my goodness, I am not the one who should be starting or opening these call to actions, we could really use your help. Um, we aren't a charity, but we do benefit from money. Can you please? I'm trying to look up what the actual thing is so that they, we can Save tell them me. where to go. <laughs> okay, hold on. Just pause. No. Excuse me? Excuse me. Pause. 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 Hold on. Before we go even one step farther, we do want to let you know that we, in fact, have a Patreon. And we would be so honored if you would consider opening your hearts and your wallets to help us out. Them? We're not. Mu- okay, it's not, this is this is not a mugging. Okay, so this Patreon, is an advertisement. If, if you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way to support small creators like us, and you don't have to do much. Um, but you choose the the level you want to do, and you get different things. Um, and it's just, you go to patreon.com backslash K is for kinky. Please help us out if you can. If you can't, no worries. It just means the most to us that you're here to listen. And if you can't join Patreon, consider leaving us a review because that does actually boost us quite a bit and could increase um, our reach. So 
With all of that being said, let's get back to the show. The first word I think of when I think of a good leader is somebody who is fair. I think fairness is the single most important quality in a leader in the scene because I think it's one of the most efficient qualities in the overall community in the world and also a very dangerous um, imbalance. There's an imbalance and there's a lot of unfairness in the scene when it comes to how certain things are handled, how certain things are reported. Um, There's a lot of concerning behavior um, and there's a lot of confusion and misinformation and things like that. It's really important that leaders are fair. It's very important that leaders don't play favorites, that they don't pander to their friends, um, that they actually do the research and take the time to weigh everything so that they can arrive at a fair conclusion. And there's another reason why this is fair. I mean, sorry, there's another reason. Sorry. Oh my God. There's another reason why fairness is so important. And that's because even taking aside the end result of a particular conflict, the community is watching leaders to see how leaders behave because they want to know, all of us want to know how we will be treated if we end up, God forbid, in a situation where we have been accused or where we make an accusation. We want to know, I want to know, that a leader is going to take an accusation I make seriously and treat me fairly. And I also want to know that if I have an accusation made against me that's not right or that's not fair, that I will be given a chance to speak for myself and that I will be treated fairly. I am willing, personally, to give the time and be patient with a leader Even if I make an accusation and I'm furious with this other person and I know this other person wronged me, I still am able and willing to give up the time and energy it takes for the leader to do their due diligence to check with that person. And I'm willing to undergo the process of having to go back and forth and give as much information as possible because I know that it's not just about in this moment do I get my way. It's about does everybody get a fair trial? Does everybody get heard fairly? Like, is this community really safe if the moment an accusation is made against a person, they're banned? Is that real safety? And I want to just say that fair doesn't necessarily mean equal, too. I just kind of want to throw that in there. Because it doesn't always mean equal. But it means that everybody gets a voice and everything is, is weighed Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, we mentioned this, I mentioned it earlier because I really want this to like be in people's minds as we have this conversation. If you go to a leader who you trust and who you have ascertained is responsible and that you respect and you give them a problem that you can't solve on your own, that you need them to intervene on your behalf with, right? So let's say you need to make an accusation or a report that you have a concern. If you already bring this to the leader, you need to respect that leader's process And as Ms. Jen said, like, I don't know if people realize how much energy and time goes into making a decision for a leader who's doing their job well. See, a poor leader might not spend much time making a decision. A poor leader might receive a report and say, what? Jimmy Bob did what? Banned. And their job is done. We don't know a Jimmy Bob. Jimmy Bob is banned. (laughs) And the person who made the report is ecstatic because the leader did everything they wanted. And they didn't even have to prove that Jimmy Bob did the thing. And sure, maybe they over-exaggerated some of the things that Jimmy Bob did to them. But 
ultimately it doesn't matter because they know Jimmy Bob's a bad person. Jimmy Bob's gone. They it's win, all good. They unquote. win. They feel safe. They feel good. They go and tell the world the leader was amazing. They banned Jimmy Bob. And Jimmy Bob, meanwhile, is like, what, what the hell's happened? Yes. <laughs> um, and people who know Jimmy Bob or people who knew the situation, who know the nuance, might go, holy shit. She didn't even talk to Jimmy Bob. Oh, my God. That's so alarming. I'm so worried about that leader. If that's been your experience with leaders where you make a report or you complain and the leader just gives you what you want immediately without thinking, you might think that that's the process. But I believe a good leader takes time. Um, I also believe in good communication. And I will tell you, like, we have fallen short in timely communication um, because our lives have been insane. Well, and we mentioned how stupidly busy our life is um (coughs) you know to the point where yes our own personal life of finding time to play or be intimate uh have the sex (laughs) you know all of that we literally like have to schedule that shit because between two teenagers and and the cats and you wouldn't think the cats would be a thing but I make them homemade raw food because I'm an idiot um and my therapy practice and all the things you know having kids that alone just school and homework and staying on top of them with all the things and scheduling doctor's appointments like these are all things that especially if you're not a parent you may not think about um But then on top of that, yes, we have, well, combined three support groups, technically four support groups. There's two classes. Yeah, there's two classes a month that we do, two to three parties a month, typically when when Sanctuary is, is not moving. And trying to socialize, like we forgot about that part, trying to socialize and take time off. But also the piece I wanted to add to that is that you know, more recently we were presented with a complaint and we were putting in, you know, Eden mentioned, you know, 10, 20, 30 hours, a lot of stress, a lot of thought, a lot of energy. And I still was dealing with another issue of the similar nature that has been on my plate for months that is no longer in the like height of it, but is something where I have taken time to work with the person accused, sitting and having conversations hours long, months later, in trying to help this person grow, become better, do better, etc. That's still on my plate. I don't like it got to the point recently where I absolutely hit a wall. I absolutely was burned out. I started to question everything I do. I started to wonder the worth. And I don't mind that I'm getting a little emotional right now because I think that this is the truth. I think that this is the reality of what people don't see. When you start to take all the things that are your passion and all the things that you are willing to put that kind of energy into and the care and you get run through the mill for doing exactly that and you're doing so much 
I absolutely got to a point more than once that I questioned continuing everything. Like there was a point that I was like, you know what? I don't know if this is worth it. I have a therapy practice. Maybe I just quit everything in the community and I just focus on my therapy practice. I'll tell you right now, we'd be able to take a lot more vacations, um, (laughs) you know? And so it's just, this is, this is the reality of it. And it's, it's the piece that I don't mind showing, even though this is vulnerable for me because I don't think people realize it and I don't think people see it. And I think that it should be shown. It has been very challenging to watch my dominant struggle it's to the point where it's almost mutilating her energy. And it doesn't feel like that when things are going well and we've agreed to do things, you know? And this is what I wanted to say about, you know, the gift of the service versus the expectation. We actually don't need to do parties to be financially okay. The parties help, but we don't make as much as we thought we did. We are not getting back what we put in in terms of financial. We get back because of the pleasure of knowing we're growing the community. This is truly an act of service and love, but it becomes painful when people come at you with a sense of entitlement and they demand from you, they threaten you, and that is... Echo's decided to sharpen his claws right now. Even the leaders you love and respect who are doing their job well do not have the support they need to do it perfectly all of the time. And sometimes we aren't going to be able to meet the highest ideal. I mean, I have spoken to organizers and met people who are just tired. They are trying to balance their personal life with kink and their job. They don't make a lot of money off the kink thing, but they keep producing the events because there's a need, you know? And to me, those people are like saints, but I understand why they're exhausted. You know, uh, community leaders who are working their butts off often don't have time to socialize. We sacrifice our ability to have a lot of autonomous um, flexibility and schedule. So there's just a lot going on behind the scenes with community leaders. We're certainly not complaining in terms of like, oh, this is the burr. Like, if we didn't love doing this, we wouldn't do it. And well, it I, wouldn't be worth it. No. I mean, you know, you mentioned earlier how, you know, we do get people who give us such positive feedback. And well, that yeah. honestly is what feeds it for sure. And And the issue becomes you know, the old adage of you get a hundred compliments, but the one complaint, it's like, that's what sticks. And, you know, it's, it's those times like what we just went through or other times where I hear that somebody is talking about me that I only do the things I do in the community for money. And I just, that's why, you know, if I sit down and I've thought about this, I'm like, if I add up all of the actual hours in planning the things that I do that I do not get paid for, whether it's advertising, putting volunteers together, you know, whatever, anything that's around the, not to mention the hours of the events itself. If I just looked at those things that I do in the community, I'm not making a minimum wage. Like it's not, (laughs) it's not financially. And the working conditions would be unethical. Um, Yeah. So it's just, it's hard when you hear things like that, when you are working so hard. Well, and it's, I think, I think it just comes from people having a mindset again of entitlement because of the way that we view businesses and like, you know, corporate culture. I think that we sometimes apply those notions to the kink world and we shouldn't, but I do want to talk about the fact that 
even though I'm asking for you to be compassionate towards leaders and to realize we are human, you should hold leaders to a certain standard. You should question leaders who don't do their jobs well. Um, leaders are at the end of the day, like volunteering to do the job. And that means they're still doing the job. Like that is a job they volunteer for. If we really wanted to stop, we could just stop, you know, and that would be a decision that we could make. And I don't know if it would fully work because there's a certain amount of, I mean, it would break my heart. It would be horrible. <laughs> I know. And that's why you didn't stop because yeah. you really love this job and you didn't want to give up because some people were making our lives miserable for a little bit there. That love- wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, but uh, I do want to talk a little bit now about the final type of leader, quote unquote, um, that exists in the community that I feel deserves a huge spotlight, a spotlight that this type of leader has worked very hard to be under. But I don't think they're going to like the glare of this particular spotlight because this is a spotlight shining on leaders who are not leaders at all. They are predators or abusers. I wish you could see Eden right now. Literally, as she started talking, the fists are on the hips, elbows out. It's it's a whole thing. Okay, go ahead. So I'm painting the picture. We all have <laughs> leaders in the community that we might not like very much, or we might feel like they're not doing what we thought they said they were going to do. Like it's not abnormal to just not jive well with a leader, and it's also not abnormal. To walk into a space and just feel like it's not your jam. And it doesn't mean that that space is horrible or that the leader sucks. It just means, ugh, that's just, that's not my space. Those nobody, aren't my people. Nobody is everyone's cup of tea. Right. And like, there's, that's okay. But I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about, ah, oh, this ain't my jam. Or, man, I just don't really like this leader a lot and I'd rather go somewhere else. Like, that's one thing. But there are people who say they're leaders or who are reaching for leadership on every rung of the ladder, right? Down from community member to creating a house to, you know, being offering a mentorship to writing posts and writing articles about all of the things they know and giving advice to opening a dungeon. All of the things. There are people on all aspects of, of the, the, the spectrum who are only doing it to serve themselves or sadly this one breaks my heart they're doing it thinking that they want to make a difference that's positive but they are inherently toxic and they are spreading toxicity underneath the guise of doing something positive and I will say that even though that breaks my heart it's quite possible that everybody under this category has convinced themselves they're doing it for other people. Oh, for sure. Um, one of the benefits of the scene is that it's small enough, at least the Los Angeles scene, it's small enough that if you work hard and you stick around and you know like the right people and you go through the proper channels, you can quickly climb the social ladder. You can go in four years, I'm speaking from experience, from walking into the door for the first time not knowing if your elbow from your ass to leading a support group and doing a good job at it or like feeling confident about it. Like you could do that in the span of four years. You could do it in the span of three years. You could do it in the span of two years. You could do it in the span of one year. You could do it in the span of one month. I ask you if somebody walks into a community that they don't belong to and they're just getting to know it for the first time and they start speaking with authority on that community within a month, is that somebody that you should trust It doesn't happen very often, quite that blatantly, but here's another example. If somebody seems like a good person, but you find a trail of people around them who are reporting to you, yeah, they really treated me badly. Yeah, I really don't trust that person, or I don't go there because I don't feel safe around that person. 
um, abusers leave trails. Smart abusers cover their trails. Abusive people, narcissists, you know, predators, the ones that are really adapted (laughs) know how to look and act and sound like a good person. But there are always moments where the facade flickers. And typically, people like this are not actually acting from a genuine place of helping, or they are, but they are very warped. And you start to see they are warped as you work closely with them or you get closer to them. Um, And I really want to call attention to the fact that this does exist in our community. It is scary. It is very disconcerting. Some of these people are causing active harm, um, and some of these people are not. They're harming themselves. Some of these people may be at least accused of consent violation, but we weren't there, right? So, like, for those who don't live in Southern California, I just want to kind of point out that while we are very fortunate here to have several dungeon spaces, we have also had many dungeon spaces close, especially due to the pandemic, but even before then, And we also see a lot of new spaces open. So we may see this kind of thing more than perhaps a person in a more rural area who doesn't have any uh, official dungeon space or there's only one (laughs) like within, you know, their state or their county. Um, So I just kind of wanted to put that in there because I realized that we may have listeners who are not in Southern California. And so I wanted to kind of make that clear. Well, and the other thing too, like, The people that I'm thinking of are more likely to abuse people interpersonally than they are to, on a wide scale, do something that's super egregious. You can let people know who need to know, hey, this person is not a safe person or this person is kind of an abusive person. But um, I don't feel like it's ethical to attack and destroy somebody if you're simply accusing them of something like narcissism which is a very damaging and toxic trait, but it doesn't make them a monster. It just makes them a narcissist. There are people like that who are simply users. They are uh, using their power and trying to create a sense as if they are a leader because it makes them feel like they are worthy and safe, and it lets them control their environment. And these people may or may not provide good experiences for you, but I would challenge everybody to look carefully at leaders or at people um, who host and at at venues and to examine, are the people working here happy? Um, Is this person an aggressive person or a kind person? Not only does does this person say the right things and do the right things, does their action match their language? There is a sense in the scene that a lot of people know the names of people who are dangerous, but we don't always say them out loud. And that's honestly because, one, if you don't know for sure and haven't personally dealt with somebody, you really shouldn't be spreading rumors about them. And for me, in my case, the way that I handle the situation is that if somebody comes to me and asks me directly about somebody, I will tell them the truth. But I'm not going to go around and target people I don't like or who I have interpersonal issues with because one that looks bad on me it makes me look like a petty vindictive bitch but two it's just not necessary it's not necessary and people are going to find out on their own now the one time this isn't the case and where I, the one time I don't think this is the right way to do is if somebody is a consent violator I think if somebody is a consent violator or a rapist um, you should bring that up I don't think you should necessarily 
you know, dox them. Or anything that would be criminal. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that you should, you know, um, uh, uh, necessarily launch a full-scale media attack on them. You should tell the authorities quickly and tell people that they are dangerous because they are dangerous. Like, I understand taking that step, but also do know once you open that door and you openly accuse somebody, you have to be ready to stand there and fight the fight. And that's scary and it's hard and it's just true. Um, but it's one of the reasons why a lot of people don't come forward. And it's also one of the reasons why some of us wait and we watch because we want to wait until something sticks to a person. Because sometimes people are so clever, they get away with things or they just barely do things that are wrong, but not quite openly. And there's no way to pin them quite yet. And so there are a lot of people in the community who maybe aren't the best, um, who are playing that, that game and walking that line. And you can spot them if you pay attention. Again, listen to the voices around you, not without a grain of salt, but do vet people. Do vet everybody. Don't just trust that because somebody's in a position of power, they deserve to be there. Because as you've just heard from the last two segments of our podcast, becoming a leader yeah, becoming a leader is easier than you think. And being a good leader is harder than you think. Um, and there is no necessary um, process that guarantees that the leader, the teacher, the speaker, the mentor – the dominant in front of you really deserves that title. There's no way of knowing that unless you get to know them and you vet them. And that is ultimately the best way to go about the scene. And one of the reasons why we wanted to take the time to do this podcast, because we want to talk about all of the spectrum of leadership. It's really hard. Honestly, this has been one of the hardest things I've ever talked about. Yeah. Because we're not just talking about, you know, um, corruption in the scene, because there is a lot of corruption, a lot of corrupt people. We're also talking about some beautiful things in the scene. We're talking about people who want to lead, who can. And I want to, I want to end on that note. I want to empower anybody who's listening, who is maybe a little scared now of stepping into leadership or scared of hosting. I want to empower you and to tell you something. I walked into Sanctuary when I was newly divorced I felt lost and alone I was trying to find myself and there was a person behind that desk who welcomed me walked me into that dungeon and acted as a protector to me she was my friend it was not you (laughs) it was the front desk person at sanctuary who made me feel safe and who let me become the person that I needed to be that person changed my life The scene has changed my life. And I can't think of something I would want to do more than provide spaces for other people to find out who they are and to be safe. If you feel called to lead or to help, to volunteer, to teach a class, if you want to do that, please, please, please do it. Because the scene needs good people who have the right motivations to step into leadership because that is the one surefire way that we will quell the people in the scene who are not here for the right reasons, who are not leading well. Yeah. Well, at least now both of us got emotional. Um. <clears throat> so I want to thank the community too. Thank you for listening to this and for supporting us that way, but also thank you to the whole BDSM community because without this community, what are we doing, man? Thumbs up the ass doing nothing. <laughs> oh geez. Well, Never mind. Um, I mean, that is a thing. I, I'll talk to you later. I'll see you later. 
Yeah, I, I was going to say something else earlier. I'm not going to say that anymore. Um, I am going to say, though, that uh, I, I relate this a lot to parenthood. And I apologize if you're listening and you're not a parent of some kind, right, a parental type. Uh, but I do relate it a lot to that because people talk about being a parent being the absolute most difficult job you will ever do and the absolute joy and most wonderful job that you'll ever do. And I kind of feel like that. Um, there are, there, there is fucking tough shit that we go through for sure. And it can be some of my lowest points, but standing at club awakening or club edge seeing somebody have a light bulb moment of learning a new skill or coming back and thanking me for a class, emailing me something like the, all of those things are the absolute best, right? It's, it's, those are the pieces that we have to remember and hang on to when the times get really tough and it is an absolute, I would not, there's no way I would continue doing the things I do if those pieces weren't there. But also the friends we make, I mean, through thick and thin, we've had people step up and be there for us. And even in the most recent time in our life where Ms. Janet went through this burnout and we had a really hard situation, a really hard case that we were basically dealing with, we had people stepping up who are our friends who backed us up and offered support when we need, needed it most. And uh, th- this is, this is again, this, this is home. I think we did it. I think that we did this, it. this part two of this episode um, has come full circle. And this, this was definitely a heavier discussion a more emotional discussion. It's very close to home and not, not an easy breezy topic. Um, and that's okay because part of us starting this podcast was to be able to delve a little deeper into the nuance of this world. And whether that's us, you know, chatting about more surface level stuff or more fun stuff or delving into some heavier stuff like this. I think it's all important. And I think that uh, hopefully, hopefully some people out there, not just community members who maybe have a better understanding. I'm hoping that some of our fellow leaders out there that are going through some similar shit feel a sense of camaraderie and understanding and feel a bit seen by this episode. Um, because that's, that's a big deal to have another leader talk to me and say, you know, yeah, like I get it. And I know that they get it. That's huge. Right. And, and you and I have each other to lean on in that. Not everybody does, but I think, you know, having that community, within the community of leadership of people that are doing their best to be their best is amazing. 
Yeah. So. And hopefully we can keep inspiring new generations of people who want to step up to be a leader for all the right reasons. Um, I want to invite anybody who is thinking about leading or who is a leader who maybe is struggling and who, who could use some support. Please feel free to email us. Um, feel free to contact us. Like we want to create a web of communication between ourselves and other leaders because we think that that could only strengthen the community and strengthen support and protection. Um, you know, and if you have questions for us or anything like that, again, just reach out. But we're even happy if you want to just leave a review and be like, I'm right there with you. That's cool. Yeah. We really appreciate you listening to all of this. Um, and we promise that the next episode will be upbeat and funny. Um, Maybe. But just <laughs> thank you for sharing the space with space with us. Um, and we'll we'll see you next time.